escape. You thought you were safe. But the Jalo Chow Chow podcast has returned. What have I done to you? What do you want from me? We want you to listen. We want you to subscribe. And we want you to join our Facebook group. Do you know how to do those things? I don't know. I don't know anything. Well then, it seems we have no choice. Ciao, ciao, everyone, and welcome to a very exciting and special New Year's resolution episode of the Jalo Chow Chow podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Matt could not be with us today. I don't know why. I didn't even ask him. <laughs> um, so what's up, everybody? It is uh, 2022 and... My New Year's resolution for 2022 is to get more involved in Jalo films. And that means I'm going to watch more Jolly. I'm going to write about more Jolly. I'm going to talk about more Jolly. I'm working on my website. I'm working on the podcast. I'm really in a Jalo zone right now. So I wanted to give you guys an update just to let you know what I'm doing, where things are, what's going on, and hopefully what to expect in the coming months. So let's talk about the podcast first. Obviously, it's been a long time since the last episode. Things happen, you know, life gets in the way. I've been in touch with Matt over the last few months and talked about doing the podcast again. And I don't know that he is in a position to be fully committed to doing it on a regular basis. But I'm hoping that we will be able to get together and watch a few films and talk about them because that was uh, really fun. And uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Doing a podcast by myself is a lot harder because I either feel like I need to script it, which is boring and stupid, or I need to talk spontaneously, which requires a lot of editing. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing today. And hopefully there won't be a lot of editing, but somewhere between the last episode that we recorded, which I think was Hatchet for the Honeymoon and the end of the summer of last year. I started getting the itch to do something with Jalo. And as you guys may or may not remember, I used to run a website called jalloscore.com, which had this fun gimmick of taking films and evaluating them based on tropes and criteria and assigning points and giving them a score. And I got lazy towards the end of 2019 and decided not to renew my web hosting contract and my domain name. And the site went dark and the domain was bought by someone else. And uh, I've tried several times to contact the domain owner to see if I can get it back from them, but I haven't heard back. But my backup plan was to register the jalloscore.com, T-H-E, the jalloscore.com. And I think it might be a better domain because I've been 
toying with the idea of taking the reviews and the idea of the Jalo score and turning it into a book. And I think referring to the book and the website as the Jalo score is probably better than jaloscore.com because you can't refer to jaloscore.com for a book, right? Um, anyway, the idea of putting a book together is kind of far off in the distance, but it's still something that I'm toying with. The good news is before I even get into making a decision about whether I want to put a book out or not, I want to put the site back up. And so I've been working for the last couple of months to rebuild the site. I've reconstructed the framework of the website and I have most of the films added back in and I have most of the content from the old site that I've scraped from the Wayback Machine on archive.org. So it's almost ready. I didn't really want to launch the site without A, making sure that all the original content that was in there is still there, and B, going through that content to just see if there were things that could be written better or scores that needed to be reevaluated. And I also wanted to add a few more films into the site before I launched it. And when I started on this quest to watch more Jalo films, I kind of inadvertently put myself in a position where I started watching films from the proto-Jalo period exclusively. Now, if you're not familiar with the term proto-Jalo, it's just short for prototype. And it basically means films that were still kind of experimenting with the criteria and the tropes that are commonly found in the classic Jolly that we all have come to know and love over the years that were released in the mid-70s. So if you take a look at the historical context of this film movement, you'll see that Mario Bava released The Girl Who Knew Too Much in 1963, Blood and Black Lace in 1964, and a whole slew of movies were released after that. But it wasn't until The Bird with the Crystal Plumage was released in 1970 by Dario Argento that the formula was really locked in. And when I say formula, I specifically mean a formula for success. Because when these films were being released, they were being released to attract as many viewers as possible. And it wasn't until The Bird with the Crystal Plumage that filmmakers... And the audiences and the producers and the distribution companies were seeing that this kind of film could bring in money. So I don't want to say all, but a majority of the films that came after Bird with the Crystal Plumage followed Argento's lead, took a lot of cues from what he did in that film. He did it to himself. The films that he released after Bird kind of were imitations of Bird in various ways. There are deviations, but for the most part, the film's that were released between 1970 and 1975 really follow that formula in somewhat strict regard. And again, this was the whole idea behind the Jalo score in the first place. But getting back to the films prior to 1970, you have a lot of different filmmakers experimenting with the genre. It's a really interesting period to kind of obsess over and kind of go down the rabbit hole with. There are a lot of films that are kind of like the sexy thriller, like the films that Lindsay put out towards the end of the 1960s. You also have the police procedural crime thriller that has elements of the giallo mystery aspect, like you'll see in A Black Veil for Lisa. And then there are a lot of uh, films that take their cues from gothic horror and creamy. 
And so they kind of have this gothic old castle monster movie kind of feel to them. And so before I even realized what I was doing, I had watched about seven or eight films in this period without watching any more of the classic Jalo. Like it's been a while since I've watched Case of the Bloody Iris or Don't Torture a Duckling or Black Belly of the Tarantula or Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. It's been a while, maybe a couple of years, maybe three years, since I've watched any of those classic Jolly. I took some time off from watching Jalo films in general, but when I came back to it, I started watching these earlier films. And I haven't really deviated from that time period. And now it's almost become an experiment because I've now decided that I'm going to try to watch and score and write reviews for all of these films. So I decided that I would identify 30 films that were released before The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, including Bava's first two films, and watch them all before I sit down again to watch Bird or any of the other Jolly that come after Bird. It's exciting. It's also a daunting task. It's an epic amount of of movies to watch. But so far, I've been really impressed. And the results have been really interesting to just kind of know where the genre was going to have already seen the films of this golden age and go back and see here's what people were doing prior to that and the experiments that they were doing and how successful were they and how success, you know, How bad were some of these films? Because some of them are really bad. (laughs) At any rate, I have pulled the list together. And it starts, obviously, with The Girl Who Knew Too Much and Blood and Black Lace. From there, we have Death on the Four Poster and a couple of American films, Dark Purpose, Curse of the Living Corpse, and then the classic Ernesto Gastaldi film called Libido. The Embalmer, The Possessed, uh, also known as The Lady of the Lake, directed by Luigi Bazzoni, who also directed one of my favorite giallos of all time, The Fifth Chord, Date for a Murder, The Murder Clinic, A Quiet Place in the Country with Franco Nero, The Third Eye, also with Franco Nero, Death Laid an Egg, which is kind of a classic one that we've always talked about, Sweet Body of Deborah, Naked You Die, which I just watched yesterday for the first time and loved. A Black Veil for Lisa, Deadly Inheritance, Naked Violence, Lindsay's three films, So Sweet, So Perverse, Paranoia, and A Quiet Place to Kill, Perversion Story, Fulci's first giallo, Death Knocks Twice, Double Face, The Insatiables, Murder by Music, Interrobang, which I haven't watched yet, but reminds me of Top Sensation, so I'm not sure if I'm really going to include it, um, Shadow of Death. for an August moon, which came out, I think, right before Bird. I can't remember. Anyway, it's a long list. And I'm noticing some similarities and some shared techniques that are being uh, employed in these films. And I'm also noticing things that haven't yet been developed that Argento would eventually turn into standards and staples of the genre. So again, it's been really fun so far. I'm about halfway through these films. I think my plan is to try to get a good amount of them reviewed, scored, and added to the website, and then I will launch the website, and then I will add more to the site as I continue to watch and review them.
Now, speaking of the website, there's something known as the Jalo score criteria. And if you've never been to the site before, or if it's been a while and you don't remember, there were lots of points awarded to things like, you know, the director is Italian, the killer wears black gloves, there's an amateur detective, there's a high body count, there's a flashback, revelation of the killer, multiple killers, Morricone or Nikolai does the soundtrack, there's a nude scene, so on and so on. But below all those, which I would consider to be standards and staples of the genre, there are these little signatures, like there's an airplane taking off or landing, there's a funeral that the characters attend in the film, someone gets killed in a bathtub, and so on and so on. So I've added a few new ones to this list of signatures. They get one point apiece, and again, just to refresh everyone's memory, the way that the Jalo score works is, I think there's about 20 plus signatures that can award one point to the film, but you can only have 10 as the maximum. So I have three new signatures that I've added to this list. The first one is Hippies Dancing. And I think because I've been watching a lot of these proto jolly, I've been seeing a lot of scenes, you know, in the late 60s where they all go out to this swinging club and there's these gel lights that are like kind of rotating and everyone's all dressed up in hippie outfits and they're dancing. There's enough of those scenes in these films that I figured it should get a point for. Now, the other one is rooftop. I can think of a bunch of different jolly that have some sort of sequence where people are running around on the roof. There's also a point awarded for a chase scene, and there's a point awarded for death from falling. So if you have a rooftop chase that ends with a death from falling, there's three points right there for the film, so it's great. (laughs) The last one is the city map, and this is a situation where the people who are investigating the murders or the crime, either newspaper reporters or police officers, are in a room and a detailed map of the urban location where the crimes are happening is like on the wall behind them. And I've noticed that so many times that I said, you know what, that needs to go in as a point. And I think also, if you go back and listen to the podcasts, Matt and I came up with a couple more, one of them being pseudoscience, like for example, in the Cat of Nine Tales, where this extra XYY chromosome is indicative of psychotic personality, something like that, right? doesn't crop up that often, but it's a one-pointer. And then the last one is Peeping Tom, which I think Matt came up with in one of our podcasts. Um, If you go back and watch some Jalo, you'll see that uh, there's actually a lot of sequences where someone is spying on someone else who's taking their clothes off for one reason or another. So that means if we tally up all of the signatures now, there are 26 of them. Now, before I sign off, I do want to mention a couple of other podcasts that everyone listening to this podcast should be directing your attention to, especially now that the Chow Chow podcast is kind of lying dormant for a while. The first one is a podcast that I mentioned before called Fragments of Fear. It was started about a year and a half, two years ago, and it is uh, with two co-hosts, Rachel Nesbitt and Peter Ilmstad. 
Rachel originally caught my attention because she published a blog called Hypnotic Crescendos, which I think she may still be publishing to every once in a while. I've listened to several of their podcasts and they do a fantastic job. They're very well researched and they're very well organized. It's a different kind of a podcast than you'll get um, listening to me and, and Matt kind of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Now, this is not to say that Fragments of Fear is dry or boring. It's very informative. It's very well done. Um, and, you know, there's a bit of humor, obviously, in the podcast. It's not all serious. But again, Peter and Rachel are very well researched and they have really good observations about the films that they're covering. Um, so check out Hypnotic Crescendos. I really enjoyed the one they did on the murder clinic. Um, and I've teed up the one that they did on Libido because I just recently rewatched Libido in preparation for adding it to the Jalo Score website. And uh, I'll be interested to hear their take on this film. The other one is our good friend, uh, Richard Glenn Schmidt, who has authored a couple of books called Jalo Meltdown, um, where he goes on a marathon of jolly watching and writes down his observations. His podcast is called Hello, This is the Doom Show, or Hello, This is the Doom Show. It has an exclamation point after hello. Anyway, his most recent episode, which he did solo, he did not have any co-hosts for this particular podcast, episode number 243, his top 10 favorite Jalo films and um, Richard is uh, fun to listen to and his list is great it doesn't contain the normal at least 40% Dario Argento type stuff so go check out Richard over at hello this is the doom show and once again go over and check out fragments of fear with Rachel and Peter and tell him I sent you Anyway, that's my update, everybody. Um, just wanted to say thanks again for being a part of the group and being interested in the podcast and all the support that you guys have given me to keep working on this. And um, please do get in touch. Use the Facebook group. Send me a private message or send me an email through the podcast website, jallochowchow at gmail.com. And um, that's about it. So I hope you guys have had a great holiday season and a good new year. And I hope everyone is staying safe despite these crazy times we live in. And I will talk to you all again soon. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Ciao.